AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Happy Halloween, everybody. Welcome to Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. I am your host, Movie Mike. We are wrapping up Horror Movie Month today by talking about the best streamable, family-friendly movies you can watch on Halloween. And then in the movie review, along the same lines, we'll be talking about Hocus Pocus 2, which is on Disney+. And in the trailer part, a new Marvel movie to talk about coming out next year. We'll break down the Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania trailer. Thanks, everybody, for being subscribed. Thanks for listening on your Halloween. Shout out to the Monday Morning Movie Crew. And now, let's talk movies. In a world where everyone and their mother has a podcast. One man stands to infiltrate the ears of listeners like never before in a movie podcast. A man with so much movie knowledge, he's basically like a walking IMDb with glasses. From the Nashville Podcast Network, this is Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. We made it to the finale of Horror Movie Month. Thanks to everybody for indulging me this month because I know not everybody loves horror movies as much as I do. So today I wanted to talk about the most family-friendly Halloween movies that you can watch today because I know that sometimes you don't really want to sit down and watch something where you're completely scared. So I think this is where we can all agree on that these are just traditionally fun family friendly movies and i'll share where you can watch all of these what some of these movies mean to me my personal favorites and you can take your pick depending on what streaming service you have but before we get into this list i did want to share with you some of my favorite halloween traditions as a kid i love trick-or-treating i grew up in a trailer park though so none of the trailers would hand out halloween candy and also We didn't all have enough money really to spend buying candy to hand out. So my family and some other families in the trailer park are all about getting free things. So we would always go to the nicest neighborhoods and it combined a lot of my favorite things. 
candy, which I, like a lot of people, love chocolate. That is my number one go-to when it comes to Halloween candy. It combined my love of horror and horror movies because I love seeing other people's costumes who, well, had money to actually spend on a costume. And my favorites were always the most traditional, iconic Halloween characters like Freddy Krueger, Jason, Michael Myers, anybody who could afford those masks. I was always envious of. And three, it combined my love of seeing other people's houses. And as a kid, one of my biggest dreams was always to live in a brick house. And I would see other kids with that and it'd make me jealous of them. And just that moment where they open their door and you can see into an entirely different life of somebody watching a big screen. Like above getting the candy, it's not that I was scoping out their houses to rob them later, but I just enjoyed seeing other people and like, man, it's not just on TV where people have nice houses. So that is what I enjoyed doing on Halloween. The only time I ever dressed up and got a legit costume was in kindergarten. My parents got me a Woody costume from Toy Story, and I loved that thing. And as much as I begged them to get me other costumes later in grade school, could never just swing it. The only other costume I had was movie related. I did get the ghost face mask from Scream in fifth grade because I found it in the discount aisle at a grocery store and I didn't have the full on ghost face costume, but I did have the mask and I thought that was pretty cool. So I just wore that with all black clothing and I was ghost face. Aside from that, my favorite Halloween tradition is hands down watching scary movies. And for some reason, my parents didn't really have any restrictions on me when it came to horror movies. They wouldn't let me watch anything that was too adult when it came to just dramas and comedies. But when it came to horror movies, they were totally cool with it. So I was 10, 11 years old watching all the Halloween movies on AMC would always run this marathon of showing every single Halloween movie. And I remember I would watch them from when the sun went down until as late as I could stay up on Halloween watching these movies. And this was like the first series of movies that I remember giving me nightmares. I remember watching all of them and then greatly regretting it as I went to sleep and woke up in a pit of sweat because I was dreaming that Michael Myers was coming for me. But I loved that tradition of watching Halloween movies on AMC. And my other favorite tradition was watching them with my family because we would go and trick or treat and then come back later that night and throw all of our candy on the floor, sort through it, count all the good candy we had, sometimes make some trades with my brother and my sister. And then in the background, we would always have Halloween movies playing. And for some reason, even though I would watch the more adult horror movies, as a kid, I think the ones that stuck with me the most, the ones that we kind of watched together as a family the most, were mostly family-friendly Halloween movies. And I think it also has to do with the movies I was exposed to in school. And leading up to Halloween, we would always watch movies in school. And of course, they always had to be rated G or PG. So I think that's why in this list, I have a lot of these movies that are just associated with my childhood because... They were safe enough for us to watch at school, and they were also just ways to watch things with my family that we all enjoyed. 
So let's get into this list. What I think are the best family-friendly movies that you can watch on Halloween and where to stream them. Starting first with probably one of the oldest movies on my list from 1988 is Beetlejuice, which is rated PG. In 1988, PG was a little bit different as far as what we would rate something now. I think if you put Beetlejuice out now in 2022, it would probably be PG-13 just because... There's some swearing in this movie that you kind of forget about. There's an F-bomb. There's some mild sexuality stuff in this movie. And it has some pretty legit scares that I think if you were a child, maybe not be the best for younger kids. But I think overall, compared to the other things that come along with Halloween movies, Beetlejuice is a classic. It's a horror slash comedy. But I think nowadays, compared to some of the movies that come out now geared towards kids, it's really not that bad. It has that blend of horror-like elements mixed with comedy. And you have an iconic performance from Michael Keaton. So I would still say that this movie is pretty family-friendly. And this was the first time as a kid that I was exposed to Tim Burton. And I greatly enjoyed his style in the 80s and 90s before he got a little bit too weird. But if you don't want to start there, how about we move to 1995 in a movie that is rated PG. And you can watch it now on Tubi with ads or you can watch it on Peacock depending on which one you have. And it is Casper from 1995, which is a family comedy, a little bit of fantasy, but one of my favorite Halloween movies. The movie stars Christina Ricci and it's about her moving into a new house with her dad. It's this giant mansion that is said to have all these wicked spirits living in it, but it turns out it's Casper the Friendly Ghost. I very much love how 90s this movie feels with Christina Ricci, Bill Pullman. You have the live version of Casper played by Devin Sawa. You have Brad Garrett as one of the voices of the ghost. And you even have a Dan Aykroyd cameo in this who is in Ghostbusters. So this is a very fun family-friendly movie. And the movie is rated PG, but I still think they let a few minor curse words slip into this movie, which was a lot more acceptable even in the 90s. And I think it was also more acceptable in the 90s to work in some innuendo jokes. So it's no wonder we turned out the way we did watching all these movies growing up. And there's very minor cartoon violence in this movie. I think my favorite scene out of this is whenever they make Casper make them breakfast and they're all eating around this big long table. And I just remember how delicious all that food looked from the donuts to the pancakes and the eggs he made and then eating everything and you just seeing it fall completely out of them. That is one of my favorite visuals out of this movie, but there's a lot of great voice acting with all the ghosts and it always made me want to live in a haunted mansion as a kid. And I also love that this movie was set in Maine and it kind of romanticized my thoughts of the Northeast in as a kid and Growing up in Texas, we didn't experience seasons like this, so I loved the cinematography capturing all of like the leaves changing and all of the landscape of Maine, and I've still never been there, so it also makes me want to go experience that around this time of year. So this one's definitely one of my favorites from 1995 is Casper. Moving on to the animated side, and again, we have Tim Burton here, who I feel does a lot of family-friendly horror comedies. I don't really love 
all of his live action movies aside from his work with Batman and Beetlejuice. I more lean towards his animated movies. And I think my favorite out of all of his animated movies was Frank and Weenie from 2012. It's an animated horror comedy. You can watch it on Disney Plus. And it's about this boy who his dog passes away suddenly and he attempts to bring his dog back through this powerful science experiment. So it's kind of like Frankenstein. He's a dog. You get the name Frankenweenie. So you have this young kid named Victor Frankenstein. He's kind of an outsider at his school, except for his dog, Sparky. And he is heartbroken when Sparky passes away. And then from the help of his science teacher, he gets this idea on how to bring Sparky back to life. It goes well. And then he goes around resurrecting some of his other classmates, dead animals. But then you find out there are some consequences from this. And I love the claymation animation style in this movie. I love the black and white. It gives it a very classic feel. And there's just so much work that goes into creating a stop motion movie like this. You have to animate every single movement. You have to take a picture move the character a little bit, take another picture, move it just a little bit more. So I just imagine how much work goes into making a movie like this, but it provides an utterly beautiful result in Frankenweenie. So it's a great mix of beautiful animation style, a little bit of comedy with some horror-like elements, but I think a movie that anybody can enjoy. So I'm going with Frankenweenie. Check that one out on Disney+. Plus. Next up on my list, I have... A movie that at the time I loved that came out in 2002, it's rated PG, it is a mystery on Netflix called Scooby-Doo. And when this movie came out, I wasn't expecting it to be anything great. I was, of course, 11 years old. I wasn't even the biggest Scooby-Doo fan, but I think this is a movie, looking back on it now, it's a lot more clever than it gets credit for. And this movie has a really great cast. Matthew Lillard as Shaggy is the ultimate casting as Shaggy. You also have Freddie Prince Jr., Sarah Michelle Gellar, Linda Cardellini. And the movie is about the Scooby-Doo gang. After they all break up, they are individually brought to this island resort to investigate the strange things that are going on. And as a kid, I didn't realize this, how significant this would be later in life. But James Gunn is the one who created this story for Scooby-Doo. He went on to make movies like The Suicide Squad, Guardians of the Galaxy. He just landed a really big role over on the DC world. So I'm excited to see how his vision carries over to restoring what is happening at DC. But I think this is a movie now looking back on it. I appreciate somebody making a movie like this for kids with that much thought into it, even though, yes, some of the visual gags are dumb. The CGI is still very early 2000, so it's not quite the best. But the writing is there, the story is there, and I still think it provides some pretty good entertainment on Halloween. That movie is rated PG, which it was falsely said to be rated R at one point. And I think that's because later on YouTube, some deleted scenes got posted that were maybe more of an adult theme. So there was this whole theory going around that this movie was initially going to be a more adult telling of the Scooby-Doo story. That actually wasn't true. But I do like when movies are made like this and they don't really dumb things down to kids. And I didn't realize that at the time. But now looking back on it, I have a bigger appreciation for Scooby-Doo from 2002. 
Next up on my list is another movie on Netflix. It came out in 2020. It is rated PG-13. It stars Adam Sandler, and it is called Hubie Halloween. I'm not going to feel the need to defend my pick for this movie. And I know now, historically, that Adam Sandler comedies are generally not that well-received. I've recently been looking back on 2020 and how bizarre that year was of all the ups and downs. And one of the major highlights throughout that year was anytime we got a new movie to stream at home because theaters were shut down. So there aren't that many new movies that came out in 2020, but the ones that did, even though they weren't the best movie and if they came out now, I wouldn't really think that much about them. But there are individual movies that I just associate with different parts of that year and things they helped me with. And Hubie Halloween did that for me in October of 2020. But the movie stars Adam Sandler. He plays a character named Hubie. And he is known as the Halloween helper in this town, even though it's something that everybody kind of makes fun of him for. But he does it anyway. He's not really aware of what is going on with all the people around him, making him a mockery from kids and adults. But then he realizes that there is actually something scary happening one Halloween night and it's up to him to save the day, even though nobody believes him. You have all of the classic Adam Sandler cast of friends in this movie, like Kevin James, Julie Bowen, who it felt like a reunion from Happy Gilmore. And you also have Kenan Thompson and more. So basically anybody who's ever been in an Adam Sandler movie is in this one as well. The movie is rated PG-13. So I don't think this is a movie that adults will love. But if you have younger kids and want to expose them to Adam Sandler, I think they would find some enjoyment in this movie because the comedy is very low brow. But at the time in 2020, that is what I needed. I just needed something to distract me. I needed something with Halloween costumes. And this movie at least delivered with that criteria. So so watch it on Netflix if that sounds fun to you. The movie is called Hubie Halloween. But my final suggestion, and I think it is the best family-friendly Halloween movie ever made. It is from 1993. It's rated PG, and you can watch it on Disney+. Plus. It is Hocus Pocus. And going back to my favorite Halloween traditions, this is one that it was not a school year unless we watched Hocus Pocus. Every year in elementary school when we had our Halloween party in class, we would always watch Hocus Pocus. So I know this movie from beginning to end. I can recite this movie probably without watching it. It really has all of the best elements to a Halloween movie takes place on Halloween. I love movies that take place entirely in one day. You have the Sanderson sisters who are the spirits of these three 17th century Salem witches and then accidentally resurrected by this group of kids. And then they come back to terrorize the town and steal the souls of children, which I guess that's a little darker for a Disney movie now than you may expect. But somehow the movie is still wholesome. So I think out of this entire list, if you only had to watch one, it has to be Hocus Pocus if you haven't watched it this Halloween season yet. And then you also now have the sequel on Disney Plus, Hocus Pocus 2, which I'll get to in the movie review and how those movies compare. But I have some honorable mentions here that you can watch on different streaming services. If you have Disney Plus, there is The Nightmare Before Christmas, which is another, well, is it a Halloween movie? Is it a Christmas movie? So I didn't put that in my normal list. 
You also have some Disney Channel movies, Halloween Town from 1988, or Twitches from 2005. On HBO Max, there are a couple that aren't really Halloween movies, but hey, you could get away with watching these on Halloween. You have The Goonies, which is just the classic 80s movie, but some minor scary elements if you have very, very young kids. But a family-friendly adventure movie that I don't think anybody would question if you decided to watch that one on Halloween. On HBO Max, you also have Gremlins, which is really more of a Christmas movie. There's no mention of Halloween and Gremlins, but the characters and the creatures in Gremlins are very much horror-esque. So that's another one you could watch. On Hulu, you have The Sixth Sense, which is a little borderline, but it is rated PG-13. So if you're wanting to go scary without going too scary, you could watch that on Hulu. But also on Hulu, you have Ghostbusters, the original one from 1984. That one, especially if your kid has seen the Ghostbusters costume at Target or Walmart, but has never seen that movie, sit them down and make them watch Ghostbusters. If you have the Roku app, you can watch Coraline on Netflix. There's also Labyrinth, which kind of fits into the Halloween theme. And if you have Pluto, you can watch the Addams Family movie from 1991. So happy Halloween, everybody. Come back and talk about Hocus Pocus 2. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. I'm late. I'm late. Very important Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from undercover tourists. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from undercover tourists and authorized seller and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with undercover tourists now and save. UndercoverTourist.com This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Let's get into our movie review this week now. I want to talk about Hocus Pocus 2, which has been out on Disney Plus for a while now, but I wanted to save it for this week to go along with the theme of the episode, and I didn't really have the highest expectations for Hocus Pocus 2, even though I'm such a big fan of the original. I was really only going into this with the expectation of having some nostalgia. I wanted to see all the three sisters back in this movie, and that was really it. I I just can't put my heart into wanting Disney to do something great when it comes to making a sequel to such a beloved classic, but I was happy that it was a sequel instead of a remake. So I'll get into my full review and thoughts on this movie, but before we do that, here's just a smidge of the trailer. I have a gift for my favorite customers. Legend has it, it's on the 16th birthday that a witch gets her powers. 
So what this movie is about, it's these three young girls who accidentally bring back the Sanderson sisters in modern day. The movie is set in 2022. And now, just like they did in the original, they have to figure out how to stop these child-hungry witches from taking over their town of Salem. And the original cast is back as far as the three original Sanderson sisters. You have Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, Catherine Najimy, all back in this movie. And I was pleasantly surprised that the movie didn't do just all the same old gags as the original movie, which is what I thought was going to happen from that trailer. When I first saw that trailer, I was thinking they're just going to pretty much reenact everything that we love from the original one, and it'll be fine at that. So what I was pleasantly surprised was there was some actual advancement in the story. It starts out giving the origin story of the three Sanderson sisters, which I probably found that opening sequence the most entertaining out of the entire movie, which as a whole, I found this movie to be pretty entertaining. And I had the low expectations, but I did really like that opening sequence of seeing where the young girls came from and their story. I almost think that could be its own independent series on Disney+. Plus. Maybe if they don't make a Hocus Pocus 3, but if they stick with that original story of how they got their powers and their adventures as young teenage witches... I think there's a story there. So Disney Plus, if you need that script written, I'll, I'll get on that right now. And then it goes fast forward into 2022 and you have some whole new cast of characters here. And they actually tried some advancements in the story. It focuses on this group of three friends and their struggles of friendship and how they would all go out and have this witch day out in the woods but looking back at what made the original one work is the pacing in that movie is so great that right like right after another one right after another there's just things happening all the way throughout that movie and at any point in the original there's never really a lull there's always something happening that's moving the story along and keeping it going and in Hocus Pocus 2 it almost has too much time to breathe and go out and try to flesh out these characters when I just needed a little bit more action. That's all this movie really needed to do to make it better. Because once it gets to the actual adventure part, it's like 30 minutes into the movie. That's really when it starts to become more entertaining. And the other thing that I was kind of surprised about is this movie costs $40 million to make, which is below average for a normal Hollywood production. About average would be $65 million for just a normal movie like this. A superhero movie would run on the complete other spectrum of costing about $200 million to make. So they did make this movie on the lower side, probably because it is a Disney Plus movie. They didn't have any expectations to put it out in theaters, but it looked like it was made for about $40 million. And it was just interesting to see how I just watched the 1993 original before watching this one. And the special effects didn't get that much better as far as when they are flying in this one, it's still very evident that they are sitting on brooms in front of a green screen, and it doesn't look that much better than the original one from 1993. The only thing that did improve is the special effects when it comes to them using their powers and, you know, throwing people around and those kind of battles. Aside from that, I don't think they made a whole lot of advancement in the special effects. So that was a little bit of a bummer. It was just looked kind of weird to see that. And it wasn't that they paid the actresses a whole lot of money to return. Bette Midler made 
$3 million to come back and do this movie. Kathy Najimy, who plays Mary, reportedly took a salary of 800000 And Sarah Jessica Parker, who plays Sarah in the movie, reportedly made 700000 as well. So I thought that was a bit surprising that I think you know, getting them back for the original movie, they would have paid them a little bit more. The other thing that just kind of bothered me, again, it was very minor things, but that's what I do in reviews, is that the movie takes place 29 years after the original. I just feel like they should have waited until next year to put this movie out because they are referencing 2022 in this movie. Original one came out in 93. It just feels like it would have been a little bit more significant to have been 30 years after the original one instead of 29. That's just the weird numbers thing that bothers me. So I won't really hold that against so the film overall. But every time that came up in the movie, I was like, why is it 29 and not 30? They should have just said it in 2023 regardless. And I'll be a critical fanboy here for a second again. I try not to overemphasize wanting a cameo because sometimes it's seen as cheesy. But I feel like a movie like this where they didn't spend an entirely large amount getting back the original cast, I would have loved a cameo from the original cast, whether it have been Max or Danny or Allison, like those three characters from the original movie, or even Jason Marsden as Binks. None of those people came back in this movie. Disney has no loyalty. The actor who plays Max said he would have loved to have been a part of it. He wasn't asked to do it. His younger sister, Danny, was reportedly attached to the movie at one point, but wasn't in this movie. And the actor who played Allison also said she would have loved to have been a part of this movie. I'll do this thing that's probably annoying, but if I were making this movie, I would have just had a loose little tie-in. You have the three teenage girls who are the main characters in this movie. All they could have done was made their parents in the movie, Max and Allison, like they got married, had a kid. The timing could have worked out for them to have a teenager. Their aunt would have been Danny, so there would have been this connection to that original family. Like in my head, in a perfect scenario, they are the ones who teach them how to defeat the Sanderson sisters. But really, all they had to do was be their parents in the movie, and it would have kind of satisfied the fans of the original movie without giving a whole lot of, without just making it feel like a reboot. I think it just needed that element to it. The only other cast member I saw who came back in this movie was the person who played the good zombie, Billy Butcherson. Just funny that the one who is the less recognizable one because he's in full makeup and costume is the one who actually comes back in this. But again, I realize this movie wasn't made for me. I think younger kids and tweens will enjoy this movie much like I did when I saw the first Hocus Pocus back in the 90s. I think they geared towards that audience anyway by adding more musical numbers. So it felt even more like a musical than the original one did. And I think still overall, I found it entertaining. So I would give Hocus Pocus 2 2.5 out of 5 spells. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.
I'm late. I'm late. Three very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. It's time to head down to Movie Mike's Trailer Park. If you know me, you know I love a Marvel movie, especially one to kick off a new year and coming out on February 17th, 2023, is Marvel Studios' Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. And this is the third in the Marvel Ant-Man trilogy. And I think this could be the most sophisticated Ant-Man movie yet. At least just by the looks of this trailer, it looks a lot different as far as the comedic elements in this one. Even just what the Ant-Man suit looks like, it feels like Ant-Man may be getting a little bit more distinguished. So we'll talk about where the Ant-Man character has been throughout all these movies and his role in the Avengers. But before we get into this new trailer, here's just a little bit of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. People still need help, Dad. That's why we made this. It's like a satellite for deep space, but Quanta. Wait, wait a minute. You're sending a signal down to the quantum realm. Turn it off. Now! I can get you hope. If you help me. So, what's it gonna be, Batman? So in this movie, we find Scott Lang played by the one and only Paul Rudd. And you have his daughter in this movie now played by Catherine Newton. You also have Evangeline Lilly back in this movie with her parents. So it feels very much like where we ended with Ant-Man and the Wasp. And in this movie, they all go on this new adventure, exploring the quantum realm and going against King the Conqueror, who we first saw in Loki, the series on Disney Plus, and is now going to be the new villain as we enter the new phase of Marvel. And you also have Bill Murray thrown into this movie as well, so the cast looks pretty solid here. And some things I noticed in Ant-Man and the Wasp, which I think it may be on the bottom of most people's list as far as more on the end of the worst Marvel movies ever made, and I think that's greatly due to the character himself as Ant-Man. And I rewatched these movies recently as I'm rewatching all of the Marvel movies. I watched both Ant-Man 1 and Ant-Man 2. And I think the reason there's so much hate around these is it kind of has that cheesy superhero 
comedy writing more so in the second one than the first one. I think the first one is actually pretty solid and the writing team in that one, I think they actually did a really good job. I think there's just something that people don't like whenever they cut away from the action sequences and whenever you look at a little bit further, the joke of like, it's just these two very ant-like people fighting each other on like a toy train set. So maybe there's a little bit like, oh, come on, this is ridiculous. But then later in Ant-Man and the Wasp, I do think the writing suffered there a little bit. But I think overall, the Ant-Man character has some heart. He is a character who is coming from somebody just trying to get his life back on track. Scott Lang is an ex-convict and is really just trying to save the world, but also just maintain his relationship with his daughter. And I think that's why you would care about Scott Lang. But in this trailer, it has... What appears to be an entirely different vibe to it. It looks less comedy and more sci-fi, more dramatic. There are some scenes in this that I was surprised to see. It almost looked like a Star Wars movie in some parts. Even the new Ant-Man suit is a lot more striking. And it even seems like it's less focused on the pow- his traditional powers of him shrinking down. I didn't even really see that in this movie. I think it's taking all these characters, putting them into the quantum realm for some interesting things to happen. And also just looking at the CGI in this trailer, which Marvel has been criticized fairly recently in just the last year of them working their VFX artists pretty harshly and the results being some gaps in their CGI and things not looking completely right, things looking like they rushed all these projects. But the world they create of this Quantumania looks pretty good in this trailer. It looks pretty solid. So with the less comedic approach, at least the feeling in this trailer and the heightened, more fine-tuned special effects, a little bit more dramatic here, I think this movie has some potential to be the best in the trilogy. I still really enjoy the first Ant-Man, fell off pretty hard there in the second one, but I have some hopes for this one, especially the more we get to see from Kang, who it's going to be really hard to get a villain on the level of Thanos again, and I'm not going to set my expectations that high. I don't think we'll ever have as amazing of a villain that we had in the Infinity Saga, but... Kang looks pretty interesting in this movie, and I'm excited to get to know more about that character. So so we get Wakanda Forever pretty soon on November 11th, and then to kick off 2023, we get the new Ant-Man coming out on February 17th. So definitely some good news if you're a Marvel fan. And that was this week's edition of Movie Minds Trailer Park. And that's going to do it for another episode here on the podcast. But before I go... Every single week, I give my listener shout out. That's from anybody who leaves a comment, sends me a DM or comments on TikTok, which I'm trying to post a lot more over there. So if you're not following me on TikTok, a lot of movie content at Mike Distro on TikTok. And I'm going to pull a comment for this week's listener shout out. It is from Ashlyn Kennedy, who commented with the vampire emoji on my Corey Feldman interview and said, Obviously, I'm trying to catch up on the podcast, so appreciate that, Ashlyn. Remember, if you missed any episodes with the interviews I've done recently, you can always just scroll back on the feed and hit play on those if you've missed them. And I am currently lining up an interview I'm really excited to share with you guys. It has to do with a movie celebrating its 15th year anniversary from one of my favorite TV shows of all time. 
America's favorite yellow family in one of the longest running series ever to be made. So as soon as I find out and get that guest confirmed, I will let you know when you can hear that. But it'll be a really cool interview that you're not going to want to miss on the podcast. Some more details to come on that soon. But hope you have a great Halloween. And until next time, go out and watch good movies. And I will talk to you later. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. I'm late. I'm late. Very important Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from undercover tourists. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from undercover tourists and authorized seller and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with undercover tourists now and save. UndercoverTourist.com this episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.